The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, part of course by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. Today, we are excited to have Comfort Homes in the House, E. I am excited because you know what? My best homie, Dougie Fresh Stark is in the house. How do you get a nickname? <laughs> he has <What>? one. <laughs> no, he does. And Robert Miller. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you here. Tell us a little bit about who you are um, and what you do. Well, uh, as Don said, my name is Doug Stark, and I am the owner of Comfort Care Homes, by the way. And um, we uh, provide... Uh, long-term care for people with uh, geriatric dementia, Alzheimer's, or some other type of dementia in residential homes here in Wichita. That's awesome. And Robert? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, what's really cool, and I've worked for Doug now about 11 years, coming on board with this team at a time in which the company was really in a transformation. It's exciting to know that we built it off of a 28-year legacy that Doug's family started. I mean, most people... Hmm don't understand at this point, there wouldn't be a thing called a Home Plus, which is an actual license sanctioned by the state of Kansas in Kansas, if Doug's family hadn't opened the first home in December 4 of December 4 of 1993 over on Morningside is the historical first Home Plus in the state of Kansas. And now, uh, gosh, I think the number is up into the 180, 190 range across the state. Wow. So so um, your family was yeah. the genesis of all of that. Yeah. And, and the quick story behind that is that both of my grandparents, um, uh, both of my dad's parents lived right down the street from Kathy and I. And in early 80s, uh, 82, they presented with dementia almost simultaneously. Mm. And so we went down there three or four times a day, and my sister moved in with them for a while when she was going to Wichita State. My parents finally moved them out to their house uh, out by Andover, and we were just that family that was not going to place them in a nursing home. Uh -huh. Now, I will say, back in the 80s, the options were really slim. Nursing homes were the big, bad nursing homes. Um, uh, lots of things have happened since then. But uh, we went to the state uh, in 92, and we just asked for their blessing to allow us to go out and create a new animal. And we said, we want to take people with dementia are confused anyway, mm -hmm. and they can get overstimulated. 
And what they really, and everybody grew up in a house. Nobody grew up in a hotel or a hospital. Right. So we figured that if we could buy large ranch homes, large lots, uh, and house uh, anywhere between six and eight residents, all of whom have uh, dementia of some type, uh, that that would be a much more natural environment for their, them to live in. We allow them to bring their cat or their dog. Mm. They have their own furniture in the bedroom. It's just truly a way for our residents to enjoy uh, a regular home. But there, of course, is 24-hour caregiving. And we do have security measures at the doors where you have to know the code to get in and out. Because that's a question that gets asked a lot is what, um, you know, what happens if somebody gets out? Well, right. They don't because we, we protect that. And what I think is so, so cool, again, about this is that you're looking at the Starks and the Starks, Charlie, Mary Lou, mm -hmm. Doug's parents. Doug came into the business very, very early into that. His sister. None of these people had any medical background. Wow. They had a desire. They had a passion. And yet now, 28 years later, it's the fastest growing state licensure for housing for seniors that we have in the state. And not being nurses, doctors, and otherwise, they just had a real passion at creating something that has completely transformed how we take care of people with dementia mm -hmm. in our state. And out of all the other states in the union, Kansas is the only one that we're aware of that has specific regulations about this type of care. So all of this coming from you know, a family that just had a heart. I was so proud when Charlie, and I think it was around 2014, 15, he won um, a Healthcare Hero Award and he's pictured up there with all these nurses and doctors and very well-intended people, people that deserve the award. And here's Charlie, mm -hmm. someone that had no medical background that changed the history of our company or our country. Yeah. country. We, were, we were out to create a social model, not a medical model. Right. That's huge. Because yeah. yeah. I was, I, you know, I was really, that was going to be my next question is, do you have medical backgrounds? Because I've looked <laughs> to you as, you know, the expert in, you know, dementia and, and care um, giving and where what the next step would be. So I I'm, thank you for explaining this just because of the passion and what has happened in your own family that's led you down to this journey. Exactly. The, the true answer is no, no, no clinical medical training, mm -hmm. but 28 years of doing this. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot behind that. And certainly Doug's team around him, we, you know, we hire nurses. They have to be. Well, properly sure. I'm a medical social worker. I've been in the career for about 20 years working from hospitals, home health, hospice. So the, the knowledge that Doug was able to garnish from bringing the right team mm -hmm. members to the table has really allowed him to move the company forward in the last 10 years to the next level. So he should not hire Don. Wow. You know what? With a voice like Re that. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it was just a question. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how many employees did you guys start with originally in that original concept? Oh, in the original house? Yeah. Uh, gosh, there was my dad, my mom, my sister, and three caregivers. Okay. So I mean, it was five to six people. Five to six people to now, present day, how many do you have? 125. Isn't that Good something? Lord. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's interesting during a pandemic, mm. during a staffing crisis, yeah. during, a, I mean, this has been a real interesting year and a half, two years. And I don't mean interesting in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're proud to say today, yeah. knowing that so many of our peers 
um, we don't think of them as a competition. We've really bonded together with others that do similar work to what we do in the field of dementia. We've bonded with those individuals in this time of real struggle. We're proud to say that Comfort Care Homes is 100% staffed as of today, but it took amazing efforts um, from a team and, that is amazing. And we uh, started banging the uh, vaccination drum last summer. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, before we were even allowed to or, or asked to, uh, I decided that if we're going to be in the healthcare business, we're going to be vaccinated. So right. Robert and I came up with November 1. At November 1, if you weren't vaccinated, you were going to have to go find another opportunity. And I am, I, I, I still, I get goosebumps when I say this. We got every single caregiver but one. Wow. To get vaccinated. That is amazing. It is amazing. That's truly and amazing. And that's because they buy in. And that's what's so amazing about this whole journey is how many people I've been able to surround myself with from Robert and the nursing team and, and my daughter, Casey and Michaela. And I can go on down the list, but from management to even caregivers, how many people I've been able to surround myself with who truly have the passion for doing this. Mm-hmm. And it takes a passion because this is not easy work. Well, and simultaneously facing the debate over minimum wage and just the workforce stress that had been coming, we all acknowledged that COVID wasn't the reason there was a workforce shortage in our area. It had been coming for some time. It was just the catalyst that really brought it to head. Um, But for Doug to go in and give a $2 non-merit raise to all of his staff during this time Mm. to say, we're going to bring you in line with the standards we believe are right for the care and the service you're providing with an additional dollar based on some performance or attendance performances in over 90 days. Most of our staff were able to add $3 to their their living wage. We are the highest health care provider, highest paid health care provider in town. You know, that speaks to your leadership. It speaks to the culture that you're trying to, the environment that you're creating um, as this family institution and how your employees can feel a part of um, the things that you guys are doing, you know, and a part of your mission. But they don't have to feel bad about saying, well, Walmart pays $15, Target Mm -hmm. pays $15. We pay $17. Yeah. (laughs) So just just go away and quit talking about that. We have have to give props to Michaela Cambridge Gaylord. She she was the kingpin and the inspiration for so so many of these challenging conversations, how to approach it, how to implement it. And I think one of the best stories is when we began to roll this out, Michaela wanted to bring every staff member in individually to give them time to understand and ask questions about Mm. the vaccination, but also understand the merit or the non-merit raise, but the increases we were going to make. And there were times when she would walk out of that meeting in the conference room and bring a caregiver to Doug's office in tears. And what happened? They were like, You've, you really just don't know how important this, these changes are to me personally. Thank you for changing, you know, changing things and making me feel safe and giving me more money to do the work that I do. Excellent. Excellent. Now you hit on the, the entrepreneurial story just a little bit, but I want to go to the rid of that. What gave your folks the audacity to think they could start this kind of business and be successful? In my father's obituary five years ago, they termed him a serial entrepreneur. Mm. And that's what he was. 
And that's where I got my training and my leadership. Um, he, uh, he was a Burger King franchisee. He started a fish and chips restaurant here in Wichita down at Pawnee and Hydraulic before fish and chips was even cool. Um, uh, we, Ken's Pizza, um, he started the very first hi-fi uh, store uh, back, back in the 50s when TV was just coming out and stereo was just coming out. He opened a business, uh, called it Stark Suburban Sound. Mm. And many, many, many folks here in Wichita still have that old uh, console in their living room that they bought from him wow. 40 years ago. Ebony remembers that store. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm just does. saying. <laughs> she does. But okay. no, I mean, he literally just went from one business to the next business to the next business. And it was like, hey, there's an opportunity here. Uh, people with dementia being placed in a large environment where there's all sorts of noise and the dining room is all the way down here and to the right, right. and everybody's a stranger anyway. He just thought that, that that's not a good idea for somebody who's confused, and so mm -hmm. let's do something different. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was. Honestly, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I love it. Serial entrepreneur, I'm all, I'm all about that. And I have to say I was really honored when I came on. Um, Charlie was still, he was retired, but he was still engaging in the company. We had uh, built a, an advanced care um, home, for lack of a better word, called Founders Crest, where we take care of individuals with much more advanced phases of the disease. It was a custom built that we did and we opened in 2014. Charlie was there at the open house. He still walked the building and gave us feedback. I'm honored that I had a chance to know your dad. So, Excellent. And for you, Doug, for you to have 100, get my math right, 124 out of 125 folks take the vaccine, that's just leadership. Yeah, it was, I it mean, was that's phenomenal. Just, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Speaking of leadership, let's talk about, I heard you won the Chamber Small Business Award. Was it 2016? 2016. 2016. Yes. You know, well, it was an interesting thing for us because uh, you, your modesty goes into these things like, well, we're not going to win. Even mm -hmm. though your heart says we deserve to win. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really great experience. What made, it, what made it special? You said it was a great experience. What made it great? Well, first and foremost, we hadn't been engaging the Chamber as probably aggressively or, or taking advantage of it as we had been. Um, this was uh, still in the middle of kind of me getting involved in a, a lot of the front end marketing for the company. So one, it was just exciting to start meeting people and getting involved. Uh, we had some coaches and mentors, people that were like, hey, you really should do this. And so, but the application process seemed a bit daunting. That was, that was what I wanted to comment on. The application process, other than some of the other uh, programs in town where nominate somebody to be, mm -hmm. nominate somebody to be. This was truly a, God, Robert did most of it, but I thought he was writing a thesis. I mean, it was a stack of papers and lots of in and out and lots of, I mean, there was homework. I mean, there was lots of work. And then they came out and they visited not once, but twice. And I just felt like, you know, when they called our name, like Robert said, it was like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. You know, this can't be real. <laughs> but I got the feeling of, you know, we did deserve this because uh, they looked at all of the companies uh, pretty deeply. I mean, they they didn't just go, you know, we like you better than this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, what does it say on paper? What have you accomplished? What have you done? And uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Excellent. It was I, amazing. Like, I like that word. Because that process was so in-depth, 
And at first seemed daunting. What we realized it was important for our company to ask these questions internally, to go through the process with our team, to really think about what diversity meant to our company, to what you know certain systems meant to our company. And really, it's a great guiding tool for all of us to go through. And like Doug said, I think because you had to make such an investment, it added value to an award that sometimes you're not sure how people really make the decision. The day that we won, we had a, a Doug had a large table. We were all there. Our primary competition that year was Mahoney Roof, mm. Damon Young. Yeah, yeah. Mahoney. Mahoney. Damon Young. Sorry, Damon Young. I mean, he, when we saw him present and he had tears in his eyes about the work that they do, which is so amazing, with um, very similar clients dealing with challenges like our caregivers do, we were like, there's no way. And I actually still have video of when they made the announcement and Doug's shock on his face. And it was an award that has to this day been something with every orientee class. We, we remind them these are the things the company has achieved. Uh-huh. It really matters to us. Is there anything in your business that you started doing after the process or stopped doing? Well, that's big because yeah, that's what I will tell you is I think um, – coming to the management table and it's continued to evolve now and with the directors and the execs we have, we're far clearer about our why and our intention. And I really believe that it started by going through that process. It, it, it can be so subtle sometimes, the, the trickle in the pond, right? That the impact of going through that process and the pride of having that award sitting on the front mantle when everybody walks in our office, to the extent actually Uh, When we won it, Doug had it placed, we had at the time about nine or 10 homes. He asked that the award, it's a beautiful glass card award, was placed in every single home for a month Mm. so that the residents, the staff, and the families could enjoy it. When it finished that tour of the homes, it's now permanently placed in the office. But it really just, again, made us realize, especially as a healthcare provider that sometimes doesn't get recognized amongst some of the bigger businesses, that we do matter. Mm-hmm. That was cool. So I would I would guess, this is just a guess here, that you would recommend anybody that's nominated for it, pursue it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it will make you drill down into why do you exist. Mm-hmm. It really does. That's what it's all about. And the honor of being on the SBA, so the Small Business Award Committee, um, when you win as an alumni, you get invited to sit on the committee to continue future planning. And I continue to do that. You do so that. Still we, today. Today. Yeah. So um, we meet regularly. I give my feedback. We talk about future events. I help with soliciting and mentoring other small businesses to not be afraid of the process. And that's that pay it forward mm-hmm. moment for us. I want to remind everybody that Small Business Awards will be held uh, March 9th, the Applicant Showcase. Um, April 13th is the SBA finalist scrambler, and May 25th is the awards luncheon. That's awesome. Well, thank you for paying it forward and staying on that committee because that is that's something big. Um, I am curious to hear um, from. I'm curious you. to hear what you want to hear. <laughs> oh, don't do that because she she can go, she can flow. So <laughs> we might be here till tomorrow. So well, no. I, I, I want to know what surprised you the most in your entrepreneurship journey. Again, I would say in in my eyes, the ability to have people come to my company, and I'm talking mainly now for the management team and not just for a paycheck, but for a desire to make a difference. Hmm. Uh, the, you know something, Alzheimer's is a horrible disease. 
It's a horrible disease. And the the resident, and we don't have patients. We have residents. Residents, okay. okay. The resident isn't going to get better. They're going to just slowly get worse. And yet to have uh, a management team of about 12 people that all have been around for a pretty good amount of time because they believe in this. They truly, they truly have the passion that I do about it. And that's, um, I would say that right there is the thing that I have been most surprised and impressed with. That's awesome. These are real heroes. And I, I, I don't want to say it's been trivialized with COVID. There's been a lot of discussion of frontline workers and and a lot of celebration of trying to call out to people who are heroes. And, and they all deserve it from the hospital to mm-hmm. whatever. The caregivers that go into our homes every day will never be seen on TV. Most of the time, the families that are working with us are in their own struggle. Sometimes they know how to say thank you. Sometimes they don't. These are individuals that are dealing with complicated dementia from early to late stage. These young professionals, these professional caregivers are learning, making their mistakes and growing in their own careers as well. But none of that really tends to get recognized. So when I say that they're a hero, they matter more than Mr. Stark and I do on a daily basis. And the nursing team is right behind them. But, you know, families reach a point where they cannot provide this care in home. Rightfully so, we understand why. That is not a failure. But these caregivers manage this care 8 to 12 hours a day, and they don't leave. So, you know, they deserve it. They're the heroes in this story. Thank you for saying that, because that truly is important. Thank you for reminding of us yeah. of that as well. Um, well, friends, we are here with our friends from Comfort Care Homes, but we have to take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. So we'll be right back. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit Evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. As a convener of people and ideas, the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce continues to extend our reach and maximize our efforts to provide the best possible business environment in our region. Your partnership is imperative for accelerating business success. We invite you to visit wichitachamber.org to learn more about the benefits of membership and become involved with our efforts to provide success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. Visit wichitachamber.org and follow us on your favorite social media platform. Welcome back, friends. We are here with Doug Stark and Robert Miller of Comfort Care Homes. We're excited to hear their story. What makes Wichita unique? Why do business in Wichita? This is the most incredible entrepreneurial city in the United mm-hmm. States. Amen. I firmly believe that. Firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. So many national um, uh, organizations started here in Wichita. Mm-hmm. And we're not a national organization. Uh, we've got our nine homes here in Wichita, and we have two up in Newton. But um, uh, still, you just, when you're around people who take the risk, when you're around people who say, you know something, I'm going to try this. And, you know, I, 
whenever I tell a caregiver, um, whenever I'm having an opportunity with a caregiver or a nurse and they're not happy about this or not happy about that, and I go, you know something, but you're not the person that goes to bed every night owing the banks $3 million. I am. Yikes. I am. And I don't lose sleep over it because I know what we're doing and I know that what we're doing, well, it has been successful 28 years, but it's, we're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But still, uh, nobody else is sharing that, sharing that burden right now. So, uh, but Wichita is a, Wichita is a great place to do business. Really is. You know, and from a healthcare standpoint, also entrepreneurial endeavors, when you look at a lot of the hospital concepts and the mm. things that really do start here and end up influencing other parts of the country. It's pretty exciting. We've had people from all over the country that have reached out to us to ask about our model. Um, Doug has always been willing to say, I'd be glad to consult or come to your community. We've offered to speak to their legislation in those states, oh, wow. bring models of what has been achieved here in Kansas, because we really believe it's unique and it's important. You know, this is a question you didn't ask, but... Um, out of all the states in the union, up until a year and a half ago, there was only one state in this country that did not have a legislatively driven Alzheimer's plan. Huh. Kansas was Kansas. that state. And this guy right here, Robert Miller, forced that through. Wow. Uh, he spent tons of time up in Topeka and, and uh, we, I mean, we just... Uh, we were, and of course, we've both been very involved. I was on the board of the Alzheimer's Association for 14 years. So uh, that's kind of a baby of ours too. But, but uh, uh, you know, for our state not to have a plan yeah, that every other state had crazy. was to us goofy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fascinating process. And in an honor, there had actually been a committee that had been forged a year before um, by the governor. Uh, and then when Governor Kelly became governor, she asked and restated for a secondary committee to finish or continue that work. And I was invited to be on that committee. It was nice. It was ran by the uh, Alzheimer's Association. Um, they kind of led the meetings. We had mm -hmm. amazing talent. We think of Dr. Stephen Benson and, and other constituents. And great suggestions were, were put forward that were presented to the governor's office. So there is a plan for the state of Kansas. Sadly, again, you move then into a state of COVID or a pandemic, um, it really changed some of the momentum, but it is on record what has been suggested as continued improvements for not only commerce and business and the state, but healthcare providers moving forward as we face this disease. As a, a, lot of, a lot of that has to do with training. Yes. You know, and I got to just, I'm just going to say that there are a number of, nice. don't, uh, don't uh-oh me, <laughs> there are, there are a number of other providers in town that say they do memory care, mm. but the same caregiver that was down the hall taking care of somebody who was frail elderly is today in the memory care area. And Alzheimer's disease is its own animal. Mm -hmm. It is not, it is not just healthcare. People with dementia, they're, they're paranoid. They think people are stealing from them. Not all, but these are traits that you probably have heard of sundowning. A lot of times four or five o'clock in the afternoon and they're up and they're busy and they're wanting to, it's time to go somewhere. It's time to do something. And, uh, you know, you've got the incontinence issues and you've got, uh, you know, folks who, you know, unless you really sit there and feed them uh, and feed them properly, they're not going to be well nourished. 
And this is training. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we do when a, when a caregiver comes to us, we do them on Monday. We have training classes, six or eight people on a Monday, and they go through an entire day of, of what is it like to care for somebody with dementia? What is it like? What are, what are our goals? What is, you know, what are our ideals? Uh, and then they, they follow that up in the homes the next two days. And then they come back on Friday and they go through a whole uh, four hours of specifically Alzheimer's disease and organically, what is it doing to your brain and mm -hmm. why do they do what they do because of the disease process? They're not just trying to mess with you. They've got a disease right. and they can't help themselves. And um, that's just a core of our company is we're not going to put somebody out there that doesn't, has not gone through our program. Mm -hmm. We know all across the board, if it's frail elderly or otherwise, ongoing training is what caregivers really need. What they get from their initial certifications isn't enough. And like the rest of us, I'm a, I'm a licensed master social worker. I have continuing education right. requirements. The learning process doesn't stop just because you started the job. And, exactly. And I think that's a part of being an expert. We make our mistakes. We don't know. We admit we do not know everything. It would be impossible to know everything that could potentially happen um, to someone you're caring for with dementia. But how you live that experience and create solutions to the challenges that they have so they feel safe, included, productive. That's what's really cool about our engagement. And, and so... As much as we may have some criticisms, we know we have to do better ourselves and we continue to challenge ourselves every day. So when you when you talk about engagement, when does a family engage you? When when should a family begin thinking about, um, you know, coming Good, to, to you? You know, the, 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 it's understood that a lot of families today are defending in place. They're trying to take care of mom and dad at home. It's not that bad yet. So we get that question of when is the right time? And we actually have a, a checklist on our website that allows people to kind of go through those series of questions. The answer is it's different for everybody. Um, for example, myself with my own grandmother, I knew that when we reached a point of incontinence care, I could not, I can physically do incontinence care, mm -hmm. but I couldn't do that for her. And I don't know that she would have felt comfortable with me doing it. Right. So that's when you have to say for us, we're going to have to get some professional help if that's in-home services or placement. For others, it's when they don't remember who you are anymore. Or uh, for some of the relationships between spouses, when a spouse doesn't know how to let go and they're trying to be a caregiver and they're constantly reminding someone, no, 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 don't you remember your mother died last year? Mm -hmm. They don't understand that that just re-traumatizes the resident, uh, the, the client. And the, so The worst thing you can say to somebody with Alzheimer's is, don't you remember? Yeah. Of course they don't remember. They wouldn't be asking you the question yeah. over and over and over if they remembered. Mm -hmm. Sadly, so often our first interventions with families come when there's been something tragic. There's been a fall. We've been hospitalized. Someone's gotten hurt. Dad got out the front door and we lost, lost him yeah. for mm -hmm. you know an hour or two or a day. You know, these are real things that happen. But more and more, we're really finding, um, and I'm going to credit this to the baby boomer kind of mentality. Um, and also, we speak to the millennials today. These are individuals that do better at saying, I don't know that I know that and I need to get some research. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I understand that. So we're getting more and more people that actually call. They actually know the terms for the diagnosis of dementia. They, they're doing more and more to educate themselves. 
so that that process now might be six months. We might get a call six months before we ever place. Yeah. Versus two weeks. Exactly. Um, which to me is that's a crisis situation. People should really be reaching out, asking for help. That can be started with the Alzheimer's Association, but it equally can start by just calling Comfort Care Homes directly and asking myself or our other social worker, Alyssa, hey, can I just ask some questions? As, what should I be looking for? When is the right time? And go through the research. We do a tremendous amount of counseling. Family will come into the office, maybe a couple of sisters, husbands, whatever, with mom, and they're wanting to place dad. And we're around the table, and there's lots of tears. Mm-hmm. There's lots of, I mean, this is, I, I tell people, that for a, for a spouse to place someone into the care of somebody else after 66 years yeah. or whatever, that is one of the most important five decisions you'll ever make. Like what's your edu- what's your job going to be? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to marry? I mean, that's, that's big. And so we do, like Robert said, we do a lot of, you know, you know, don't, don't, don't try to correct her, try to, try to redirect by doing this and that. And, and we do a lot of stuff to try to help families in their homes deal with this. Uh, and then at some point, they just kind of get to the point where they go, I, we can't do this anymore. And, but now we've known each other for six months and we're ready. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, um, wow. We've learned a lot today. Yes. And, <laughs> And uh, that's what this podcast is for. I want to pivot just a little bit. What's next on the Frontier Comfort Care Homes? What's next? Man, that is an awesome question. (laughs) There's what you want, and there's probably what I want. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, this ought to be good. And there's what I want. Yeah, well, um, (laughs) no, I'll tell you, uh, we just, um, all of our uh, original homes, all of the homes on the east side of town are all, uh, uh, just single family homes on streets like Talleyrand, Broadmoor, Morningside. You could drive up and down the street every day. There's no sign. You couldn't, ch- you couldn't tell our house from any other house on the block. We decided after 20 some years of doing this and knowing that this house would have been better if it was this way and this house would have been better. We went out to 29th and Tyler and we worked for, uh, gosh, almost a year with our architect to design the, what we consider the perfect house. Mm-hmm. And we built two of them right next door to each other. They share a courtyard, they back up onto a lake. Um, uh, and now these are all each homes for 12. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just, let me put it this way. We opened the first home in November of 20. And we opened the second home in uh, February of 21, and both homes were full by March. My gosh. 24 residents in a matter of about 60 Did to 90 Did you already days. have a list of people on a wait list? Of, or? We had some, you know, because we knew we were doing the project, we were promoting like most people do. We had some pre-sales and people that were interested. But again, with this kind of care, sometimes people aren't ready till they're ready. Mm. So, you know... They're waiting for that moment that says, I have to do this. So once the doors were open and people realized it was there, it, it, and we worked with a number of referral sources and great oh, sure. great people that we already knew on the but West Side. But that's a lot of people in a short amount of time. Well, yeah, and, ask our nurses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. I spent a lot of time mediating within the company just saying, okay, how do we pace this out? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure the staff can take this? 
So, you know, we were, even though that was happening quickly, we were setting some standards like, you know, we'll, we'll bring no more than two in a week, even though people might want it quicker. It, it was a fun process, but it's also <laughs> one of those things that can add stress to the company. Yeah. And we, we managed it well. Yep. Well, it seemed like you guys going to be busy. I, I would say. Um, so you mentioned the website and contacting you a couple of times. Can we talk about, uh, can you please tell the audience uh, what your website is? Absolutely. Robert is Mr. Website. So All go right. for it. <laughs> All things that Doug doesn't like. Yes. I'm not, I am the low tech person in the company gotcha. and I am quite proud of it. <laughs> although, although we were able to get you away from your big fat binder thing with notes and things mm. flying out of it. He really functions off of a phone. He puts calendar invites in oh, Outlook. So I got rid of my AOL account. Uh, no, no. After AOL. all the oh yeah, after all yeah. these years, <laughs> we kind of told him he needed to. Sean, Nothing do you know what AOL, AOL is? Twenty nine. Oh yeah, twenty nine. Then now, so yeah, people can find a, find us at www.comfortcarehomes.com. And the cool thing too is that. There are tabs there for both the Newton home and the Wichita home. Uh, there are resources, and I would encourage people. We do a lot of content development for people to read about the disease, get good information, mm -hmm. as well as uh, kind of how we do our business. And then, like I said, the when is it time checklist and some of that family education tools, they're all out there. There's even a tool on what should I be asking if I'm searching for a care home. Yeah. We believe if you ask the same questions of us, of anybody, you'll find the conclusions for yourself. We trust our, our consumers. I, I honestly am proud to say I think our website is an educational website. Yeah, It's not just a website to say, here we are, and we're bright and shiny, and we're mm -hmm. good, and we're whatever, and here's the price. If somebody is really suffering with this, they can go through all the different pages of the website and learn what they're dealing with and how to deal with it. Yep. And then, you know, just call. It's a one-stop number. So 316-685-3322. Our offices, you know, if someone calls with a question, hey, I need to talk to something, somebody on a subject, it's very easy. But I would really encourage people to take a look at our Facebook page okay. at Comfort Care Homes Wichita. And that's because a website tells you really great stuff, mm -hmm. but to see the personality and the daily life of these residents, the quality of the engagement, the joyous moments, they're there. Um, we're really fortunate. The majority mm -hmm. of our families allow us to post pictures of these things, these activities, and it's, it's heartwarming. And back to Michaela, you know, she is inspirational in how she tells the stories on our Facebook page. So you've mentioned Michaela a couple of times. Yes. So let's just talk. Who's Michaela? Michaela is vice president of operations. She has, she actually has a art degree from uh, KU. Oh, wonderful. But uh, that art degree moved into healthcare about 20 years ago. Mm. And so uh, she has been in various segments of healthcare. Um, she was brought to us by a mutual friend. And um, it was, it took me about 15 minutes to, you know, what do I need to do to get you? Now, be honest. What? What I have been telling you for I know that I know that Robert I had known her we um I was the chair of the state ah, I know this is my office wife yeah. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Um, I was the chair and the founder or co-founder of the state Alzheimer's conference to the Alzheimer's Association after eight years of doing it, it ended up being the third largest Alzheimer's country uh, conference in the country mm -hmm. up to 800 people participating and I, at a certain point, had been telling the team, I know of this gal named Michaela. She was working someplace else. 
I want her to speak for us. And so that was two years prior to hiring. I'd had the honor of working with her at that level. And I just kept saying, it's She's a dream. It. She's I don't it. know that she'll ever come to us or will ever have that chance. But then one day I find out he had lunch with her and I'm like, <laughs> it's happening. See? It's happening. He, he listened. Um, <laughs> and, and that says to, you know, with Casey, Casey is our other vice president of environmental ops. We have a really strong team. Casey is Doug's daughter, third generation Stark in the business. We're so fortunate to have a talented team that have weathered these storms and still show up every day with inspiration. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Well, I think it's that time. You've dealt with Ebony long enough. Time to have some fun up in here. (laughs) We're going to do a little word association, a little rapid fire. I give you one word. You give me one word back. Um, It's not wrong because it's your word or your word, (laughs) whoever's word it is. Ready? Ready. Buckle up. Buttercup, here we go. Leader. Doug. Oh, wow. That was, that was good. That was nice. What do you, Success. What do, you do we both? We, yeah, yeah, I'll just go no, back. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, um, success is when a family, two words, family appreciation. Excellent. Okay. College. Didn't have any. Uh, important. Okay. Failure. Can't. Nice. Can't. <laughs> Which, Failure necessary. Okay. Wichita. Home. Greatest. 65 years. Hero. Robert is my hero. What? No, he really is. He really is. Okay, I'll buy you lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The chamber. Proud. Okay. Family. Everything. I bet. Fun. Travel. Last but not least, and you both have to tell the truth Mm -hmm. on this one. My favorite. Beverage. Scotch. Yes. Boom. Dr. Pepper. I'm boring. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't party with Robert very (laughs) (laughs) much. Nice. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for being here and sharing your story. Friends, we've just heard from Robert and Doug from Comfort Care Homes. If you found value in this story, please share it with your circle of influence and share it with your friends. Uh, Make certain that you like us and leave a comment on who you want to hear from next. Also, coming up are some important dates. The Small Business Awards event um, will be happening March 9th, the Applicant Showcase, April 13th, the SBA Finalist Scrambler, and May 25th, we have our awards luncheon. So I hope to see you there. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.